Okay, so we are in week two of this series, which is called A Thankful Heart, because we are talking about what it means to have a thankful heart, what it means to live a life of thanksgiving all of the time. Last week we talked about empathy and how important it is. It's something that's so missing in the world, so missing in, in so many places. We'll hear people talk about themselves and what can help them, what can benefit them, what can benefit their politics, what can benefit their side, what can benefit whatever, and it's never about what can help other people, what can help get the message of, of the Lord out, what can help uh, make people's lives better but that's what what Jesus called us to do and we talked about the woman who had committed adultery uh, and regardless of the reasons regardless of her uh, kind of being set up she did the act and Jesus said hey I don't condemn you just don't don't do it anymore and that's how we live our lives we live our lives with empathy we live our lives with compassion we live our lives like he did um, this week we are going to carry on and we're going to talk a little bit further into that idea about who your neighbor is because one of the things uh, that, that you'll find, and it's usually the older you get, uh, not always, but you'll have people, they start to worry not about who their neighbor is, but who their neighbor isn't. And so they'll start to define things like, well, I don't like this person, so I don't want them to be my neighbor. I, I, I don't agree with that person, so I don't want them to be my neighbor. And I'm not talking about literal neighbors. I'm talking about people where uh, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so um, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to start with Luke chapter 10, verses 29 through 37. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So as you see, this has always been the case. Um, one of the things with Christianity that you'll find is different than in with other religions. If you were in confirmation and you went on the tour to the other religions, uh, they all had a lot of rules and all had a lot of uh, rituals and all had a lot of things that you have to follow. In Christianity, it's very much you come and you worship Jesus. You, you love God, you love others, and you live your life. That leaves it open to a lot of things, and it's really easy to just say you're a Christian. It's really easy to say you go to church. It's really easy to say you follow Jesus, and nobody can check you on it because there's not like a dress code. There's not something you have to, to specifically do every day. It's all on you to follow it, all on you to have that relationship with Jesus, all on you to do your best. And so it can be very difficult. But one of the things you'll find is it's always easier to kind of try to make it easier. And by that I mean the person that is asking this, he's a religious scholar, and he had just talked to Jesus about the, the greatest commandment, which we've talked about before. And he wasn't asking so that Jesus would say, well, this is how you can live better. He was asking because he was hoping Jesus would say, well, just whoever you like. Like, your neighbor is whoever you like. Your neighbor is whoever uh, agrees with you, whoever likes the same teams you like, whoever, uh, I mean, that would be tough for Bengals, but whoever likes... Uh, what you like, whoever is around you, whoever makes you feel good about yourself. A and that's what he wanted Jesus to say. That's what the world still wants to say. Um, one of the cool things with social media, with the internet, is it opens up the entire world to where you can talk to literally anybody at any time. Uh, one of the bad things about the internet is it opens up the entire world where you can talk to literally anybody at any time. I said that twice because both of them are, are, are good and bad. And so what you'll find now, and it always has kind of happened, but uh, the internet has kind of made it easy, is it's really easy to live your entire life surrounded only by people who are exactly like you. And by that I mean you can uh, change your Facebook friends, your Twitter follows, uh, your Instagram friends to where it's only people that you like, only people that you agree with. And you can hide or move, uh, block, ignore anybody who posts something that you don't like, anybody who doesn't agree with you, anybody who you dislike, anybody who hurts your feelings. You can get them out of the picture. And so then, like on the one hand, it's like good because you shouldn't be abused and you shouldn't have to deal with things like that. But on the other hand, you start to live your life thinking, well, everybody's just like me. 
and then you'll see somebody and they're different. It's like, wait a second, how is that possible? I thought everybody was just like me, but really you shrink your world. And so while the internet really grows your world to where you can talk to people in Australia or China or other countries and continents, um, and, and you can talk to them at any point, it also makes it really easy to find a group that is like Bengals fans with red hair. And it's just Andy Dalton in the group, but other redheads who have... Uh, who are Bengals fans can join that group. And that's really cool on the one hand because it's like, hey, I'm not alone. It really helps in things. Uh, I'm a big Supernatural fan. I've talked about that a lot. Uh, it makes it easy to have other Supernatural fans that you could talk about episodes, talk about depression, talk about things like that. But if that's all that you surround yourself with, if you're so interested in defining the, this narrow amount of people that can be around you, then you kind of stop having empathy and you stop caring and you think, well, my opinion's always right. Everybody always agrees with me because they're just like me. So I am clearly the best that there ever is. And most of the people that believe that way end up running for politics and, and kind of running Congress and presidency and all this stuff. But we want to be better. We want to be like Christ. A and so this guy is showing that it's always at the heart. Um, it is not... It doesn't make you wrong, it doesn't make you stupid, it doesn't make you a bad Christian to want your life to be easier, to want to only be around people that are nice to you, to want to only be kind to people that are kind to you. Every single human in the history of time has felt that way. But what makes us separate, what makes us better is following what Jesus says in you treat everybody the way they want to be in the way you would want to be treated you treat everybody with respect with kindness and so I want to read this this is a, a parable that I'm sure you've heard before but it's a good one and so uh, Jesus replied with a story a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits they stripped him of his clothes beat him up and left him half dead beside the road by chance a priest came along but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. So this is the parable of the Good Samaritan, which you've heard of, but I want to talk about what is actually happening here. Uh, the road to Jericho was a very traveled road. It's Think about walking along I-75 or something like that, except without cars, just camels and horses and people. And so, so like I-75. But... Um, it's, you, it's, it's very busy, and so this guy, this Jewish man, this person just minding his own business, he gets mugged. So it's basically like somebody that you don't know, somebody who is, is a faithful man who uh, follows God, and he gets beat up, and he's mugged. And then Tim walks by, and Tim, who teaches Sunday school, and, and who's in church all the time, and who does so many wonderful things, he walks by, and he sees him over there, and he's like, man, what if they're still there? I could get hurt here. What if he's faking it? What if he doesn't really deserve help? What if he's a bad guy? What if he's mean? Would he stop and help me? And he's like, I got to get to church to go tell people to help people. And so he goes. And then as he's going by, Rob comes up. And Rob's on his way. He's got, he's got plans. He's like, I can't wait to get to church because I'm really going to tell the kids. I've got a game for the kids that's going to really help them understand that we're all God's creatures, that we all matter in his eyes. And he looks over there. He's like, ugh. What's going on over there? I got to get out of here because I don't want to be associated with people that are in that kind of, of health. Like, I, I might get hurt. I might get sick. I, I, I could get made fun of. Like, I shouldn't be around him. And they go on. Now, the problem there is there are two people who will tell you, and I'm just picking on them. They wouldn't actually do that. There are two people who will tell you that they're Christians, and they live for him. And we know that. The priest, the temple assistant, they are people who literally are supposed to be examples of Christ. They're supposed to be examples of how to follow God. They're supposed to be examples of what the Bible says to do, and they do the opposite. They're the last people that should have 
been walking by. And so the people listening to this parable, in confirmation today, we talked about context, and there's a really cool context here. Um, the people that were listening to this parable at the time were like, yeah, yeah, the religious, the Pharisees, they're awful. They are like that. I can't believe it. And so they're like, Jesus, tell it, man. Amen. Preach it. And they're saying all this stuff. A- and then they're thinking, they're like, okay, he's about to really drop the bomb, and he's going to say just a regular Jewish guy walks by and helps them, and it's going to be like, see, it's not about the establishment. It's about each other and blah, blah, blah. Well, Jesus does drop the bomb, but in a different way. And so we go to... Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Uh, There are a lot of things that are amazing about this. Now, first, the most obvious is he went way out of his way. He didn't just call a tow truck. He didn't just uh, take him to the doctor. He took care of him. He took care of him. He wasn't magic. He took care of him. He helped him. He checked to see if he was okay. Then he paid for his night's stay. He went above and beyond. He did exactly what Jesus would do. And it's such an amazing thing because all of us would be like, I don't know if I could do that. And I want to say this before I go on. If you're driving home after work or after school or something and you're out on a dark road and you see somebody stopped and you're like, I don't know if they're okay, they seem to be alone, their car hood's up. If you're alone, do not stop. You have a cell phone, but you can call somebody to, like, call the police, say, hey, there's a car stopped, I think they need help. Call the ambulance, call something. Um, So if you're ever alone like that, that's different. You have to be smart. That's not what I'm talking about. But in this day, it was daytime, all of this stuff's happening. These were uh, men of professional... uh, preachingness and so they were walking by they ignored him and so you see the Samaritan Jesus drops it and they're like wow he did so much that's how we read it wow he did so much he went above and beyond Jesus is telling us to go above and beyond well here's the thing and this is where context comes in the Jewish people hated Samaritans now I'm talking with a fiery passion they hated them way beyond anything you can imagine beyond uh Bengals hating Steelers beyond even me hating Purdue like all of this stuff. They hated them beyond everything. In fact, one of the things that Jewish leaders, Jewish religious leaders would pass on was if you see a Samaritan woman and she's pregnant and she's in trouble, don't help her because best case scenario is there's another Samaritan in the world and we don't want that. That is bad. Can you imagine one of our pastors ever saying that about anybody? No, because that's awful, but that is how they felt. And so this is the crowd who had just been like, yeah, Get, get it to the temple assistants, the priests. They don't care about us. And then he said Samaritans, and it was probably as silent as you can imagine then. And they're like, what? He said it's Samaritan. Is he really talking about a Samaritan? We hate them. We shouldn't help them. And, and the reason he said that is because more than likely, like 95% sure, more than likely, the Jewish person who was beaten up and left for dead on the side of the road would not have stopped for the Samaritan. So it's not just about going above and beyond for anyone, going above and beyond for somebody who cares about you, going above and beyond for somebody who's like you, going above and beyond for somebody who's near you. It is about the fact that this person was hated, despised, treated like a a, a junk, treated like trash, treated like he doesn't matter, treated like he's less less than worthless, treated like that, and yet he saw a person. Somebody who may have made fun of him, somebody who may have hated him, somebody who would not have stopped to help him, but he saw him and said, you know what? 
this guy needs help. I'm going to help him. I am truly going to treat others like I want to be treated. And he did it. And that's such a crazy thing. And the reason Jesus said it like that is because it's not about, like I said, just helping your friends, just listening to your friends, just caring about people that care about you. Another time, Jesus talks about loving your enemies. And in that, he says, the most corrupt, worst person you can think of loves people that love them. Uh, the, the worst serial killers, the worst people, uh, anybody that you could think of that is evil, like Hitler, somebody who does awful, they can love people who love them. It's easy. Because if somebody loves you and they, they talk well about you and they do good things for you, you love them back. It's easy. But to love someone who hates you, to listen to someone who would never listen to you, to offer someone help who would never offer you help, that is where Jesus is. Now, Jesus lived his entire life like this Samaritan because we always see the, the stories in the Bible where the disciples are around him and they listen. But it's about his life was more than just the Pharisees walking around trying to convince everybody he's a liar. It was about people who weren't even Pharisees, who were just fellow Jewish believers saying, yeah, I don't like him. He makes me feel bad about myself. I hate him. He's fake. All of these things. And as he was on the cross dying for those people, they were saying, yeah, why don't you get down? If you're legit, why don't you get down? Making fun of him. And yet he kept doing it. He kept going. And so in this example, we see your neighbor is not just the person next to you. It's not just the person who is like you. It's not just the person who you like. It's not just the person that likes you. It is every single person that is alive. It is every single person that you meet. This does not mean that if there's a bully who constantly is beating you up, and every time you walk into the school, he's like, hey, give me your candy money. And you're like, Sarah, leave me alone. I've given you enough candy for the week. No, if there's a bully who's just constantly beating you up and really tearing you down and making, you fun, make, making fun of you and making you feel bad about yourself and even scaring you and making you feel like you're not safe, this does not mean, hey, go put your arm around them and be their best friend. But it means if you see them on the side of the road and they are crying and they're hurt, you don't go, ha ha, good, they get what's coming to them. You think, okay, what would, what would I want them to do if I were in that position? How would I want to be treated if I were in that position? How would Jesus do this? You treat everyone as Jesus would treat them. You treat everyone as this Samaritan would treat them. And, and that guy, he even said, he didn't just help him, he didn't just pay for him, he said, hey, if this goes over, I'll come back and pay more. And we don't know how this happened from there. It's possible that the Jewish man was like, hey, thank you. But it's also very possible that he was like, I can't believe you let him touch me. And I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you've really done everything for someone and you've helped them, you've listened, you've cared, you've showed your heart, you've given everything you can just to help them and then they start a rumor about you or they cut you out of their life or they hurt you in some way. It feels bad. I've had this happen where I have done everything for people and I've done my best to, to treat them well and then they make fun of me and stop talking to me or they, they end up hating me for whatever reason or something and it hurts. But it does not make your kindness, it does not make your compassion, it does not make that worthless. Now, you're not going to save or fix everyone that you meet. You're not going to save or fix anybody. That's on God to do. What you are going to do is show everybody what that Samaritan showed everybody, that it's about Jesus, it's about being a neighbor. Um, last part of the scripture. Uh, now, which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. It's that simple. Now, I realize that it's only simple in how to do it. It's hard in life because the greatest Christians of all time, they have people that they don't like. 
uh, all of us have people that we don't get along with, people that rub us the wrong way, people who are mean to us. Everyone in this room can talk about somebody who has made you feel bad about yourself. Every single person in here can. Tim and Rob can talk about me. It's like you can talk about people who make you feel bad about yourself, and it hurts, and it stinks. And when you're teenagers, uh, you have kind of the way to get away from them. You can take a different class. You can go to a different school. When you're adults and you work with somebody who treats you like junk and they're mean to you, you can't really do anything because you need that job. And Okay, yes, you should fight everybody that you meet that disagrees with you. No, but it's when, as you grow older, you realize that sometimes you just have to deal with it. And I go back to the Samaritan because he was so hated that when he was a kid, he was made fun of. As he was a teenager, he was made fun of. The temple assistant, the priest, the guy who was hurt, everybody listening to this story, when they heard the word Samaritan, their first instinct was probably, ew, gross. Their first thought was disgusting. I hate that guy. Why would he say that? But then as Jesus went, it's like, oh, it's not about me. It's not about who looks like me, who acts like me, who thinks like me. It is about Jesus. We are all here to be examples of Jesus. The whole idea behind having a thankful heart is your life's not always going to be easy. I hope that most of your life is great. I hope that everything you try to do, you succeed. And I hope that when you're kind to people, they're kind to you. And I hope when people are jerks to you, that they ask for your forgiveness and they stop. But that's not going to be your life all the time. It's not. You can be the absolute best Christian in the world. You can do your best every single day, and you still might not get the promotion that you want. You still might not get the job that you want. You still might not get the boyfriend-girlfriend that you want. You still might not have the money that you think you should have, but you will have him in your life helping you deal with all of that. And there are a lot of people who don't have that yet, or there are a lot of people who do and can't see the brightness. Uh, and so it's on us to be that brightness. It's on us to be that change. It's easy to look at the whole world and say, it's falling apart. Everybody hates everybody. One of the things that you notice, and this is something you especially notice when you're an adult, but you guys probably do too. Whenever you turn on the TV, no matter what news station, no matter what, all you see is people on one side saying that the other side is awful. And that's it. That's it. All of the time, no matter what the issue, no matter what the politics, there's no more really, uh, well, let's talk about what's in the middle. Let's see how we can get through this. It's just like, I hate you. I hate you. Let's walk to our corners. And that's how it is. And it's easy to look at all that and be like, what's the point? What is the point in this? Nothing I do is going to fix this. Nothing I do can matter. I can promise you that there have been times in my life that I've been like, man, I really thought I was getting through to that person and they did the opposite. I really thought that, that I was making a difference and I ended up not. I've been hurt in that way, but it's not about me. And so it's about what you do every day. And you're going to have impact on people that you don't know you're having an impact on. You're going to help people that you don't realize you're helping. And you do that by living like Jesus, by having a thankful heart, by being grateful for what you have, yes. But more than that, by showing people who Jesus is, by being like this Samaritan where you walk through and you don't act like nothing hurts you, you don't act like you don't have emotions, you just do your best to treat everybody with respect. You do your best to show kindness, to show love to every single person. And if you do your best to help someone and they turn around and figuratively spit in your face, and you're like, I don't care what you say, I'm not gonna go to your church, I'm not gonna be your friend anymore, it's gonna hurt. And I would love to tell you that that's the only time it will happen, it's not. But in that hurt, even though it hurts you, you still planted a seed. And maybe someday down the line, someone else is going to go up to that person and be like, hey, have you ever hurt anybody? Like, have you ever had somebody talk to you about Jesus? Have you ever had somebody treat you kindly? And they're like, yeah, a long time ago. And I really treated them like junk. Like, again, 
in your life, there are going to be people who come back to you after years and years and years that you've forgotten about. They're going to find you on a VR book or whatever it's called in 20 years. And they're going to find you on, and they're going to say, you know what? When we were in high school, I was a real bully to you and I was a jerk and I apologize. It's, it might happen. But there are also going to be people who treat you like junk now and they're not going to say anything, but they're going to regret it. And my whole point with that is, yes, the world is absolutely awful and you see bad everywhere, but that's why it's so important for us to be that good, for us to be that change. You cannot change the world. I'm going to take that off of you right now. There is nothing, no one here that can change the entire world. Nobody. Uh, I said this this morning, but I'll say it again. Out of the 12 disciples that followed Jesus, only 11 of them really went to heaven. Judas, not a good guy. He betrayed him. And so if Jesus didn't have a 100% conversion rate, you're not gonna. And so you can't change the entire world, but you can be that change that you would like to see in the world. You can be that example of kindness that you wish other people would follow. And even if it doesn't feel like it, someone will notice and it will affect them. Someone will feel that kindness. Someone will feel that pain uh, of, of what they've done and they will feel through you the ability to get better. They will see your example, even if they never say anything. And that's what we are supposed to do. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the glory. It's not about any of that. It is about treating everyone as Jesus would treat them. It's about being like the Samaritan. So even when you're hated, even when you're made fun of, even when you're a nerd, even when you're not, nobody talks to you because they won't let you into Rob's weird party, even when some things are bad, you're doing your best to be like Christ. You're doing your best to be like the Samaritan. You're doing your best to treat everyone as you would want to be treated. That's all I got.